We are going to jump right in to talking about marriage and family. You know, there's a lot going on in the world that's broken, and we can talk about all those things that are happening, but what is really broken is the home. Because if the home is broken, it's going to affect every part of society. So I am honored to have Ash and Mega with us. They are l- leaders in our church family, have a, have a heart for marriage and family. So I welcome you guys. And um, they're going to just share a little bit of their s- story and about who they are. And then we're going to get into some nuts and bolts on child rearing, marriage, and all those things. So if you are married, you need to pay attention to this. If you aren't married and think you might be married in the future, this is going to be helpful as well. So don't just tune off because you're not married. You're going to hear some things that's going to be helpful. So guys, I'm glad you're here. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having us. So tell us, man. Give us a little bit of your story. Yeah. So um, I'm a Southern Southern guy um, raising a single family household. Um, met the Lord pretty early on uh, in my life, um, around the sixth grade time period, but then straight away and um, moved from uh, Birmingham to Atlanta, Georgia, and just was kind of caught up in peers and, and, and uh, looking for identity and my relationships with my friends and, and my family more than I was looking for a relationship with God. So I straight away a lot. Um, during my younger years and uh, moved into college. And as I moved into college, continued just a trajectory of just sin and bad behavior. And along the way, um, Mega and I met um, at work. And so um, from there, uh, we began a relationship, but you can kind of tell your- We met at Best Buy, we used to work together. I used to work for Geek Squad. Um, So I come from a background of a Hindu family and, I'm the only one saved from my family and we're Indian and um, I met Ash at work and kind of from there we just continued on our our path of sin. Um, so at that time, so you didn't know Jesus at all? I did not. At that point? No. And you did, but you weren't. Yeah, yeah. You, I was, weren't, I, I you was, weren't walking in, in mm-hmm, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was struggling to find um, grace to live a holy life. I just didn't know how to... F- grab onto God's grace and feel free to live righteous and choose righteous choices. And so Omega saw that in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we had a relationship before we got married, there was just a constant flow of uh, sin and then crying out for righteousness. And, and she saw that in my heart and I can, I shared the gospel with her somewhat, um, but she had a really good friend who uh, pretty much led her to the Lord. Yeah. Um, a college friend from uh-huh. school and, she, she just kind of lived the example of what it meant mm-hmm. to know and love God. And that really intrigued me. And never, you know, someone had asked in a conversation, hey, do you think Meg is going to go to hell because she doesn't believe in God? And she's like, that's, that's what the Bible says. That's what, what God's word says. And it was like, you know, not to have someone condemn someone else to this is what you, you're going to go to hell now yeah, because yeah. you don't. And but just be so powerful, backed up by the word of God. It was um, very impactful for me. So are you married at this point or, 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 or dating? No, we're, we're just, just dating. dating. Just we're dating, just okay. Yep. We're passing so, time. Mm-hmm. And so um, eventually um, we get pregnant with our first. and um, Before you got married? Before we got married, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. 
And uh, around that time, I really feel convicted about my lifestyle and really turn to God and say, God, I need some help. And started going to a local church community that really um, show, showed the message of grace and the message of love. And I learned that um, I didn't have to do it on my own. I didn't have to try to live life on my own strength, but God was there to um, help me. And um, that really started a different trajectory for my heart to reignite my relationship with the Lord. I started seeking God with my friend and we, she, we ended up at a local church as well. It just ended up happening to be the same local church. So y'all were dating. We kind of stopped and dating. So you kind of stopped dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're pregnant? Um, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're sort of independently sort of pursuing God. Correct. Yeah. And then you mm-hmm. find out you know, the same church. Correct. We ended oh, up at crazy. the same. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Ashton thought I was following him. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I walk in the front. Stalking him. It just walk- wasn't a good look. <laughs> I walked into the service and she's on the front row of the service and she's there and I'm like, wow, like this is odd. And so it was really God just bringing our paths back together. Because at this point, you were, y'all were broken up. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're pregnant with. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. was, it was tough. And it, it was really tough. And the most um, tenuous thing about the story is that I was um, moving forward to try to um, court someone else at the time and really try to do things right with someone else. Uh-huh. Um, but God had a different plan, different yeah. story for that. And I'm thankful for it, for sure. And... Um, so eventually uh, that relationship breaks off and I'm pretty depressed and, and just in a very low place because I thought that person was going to be the person I was going to marry. And uh, Mega was always there. She was always a strong rock and very supportive. And um, we um, began to talk again and we get pregnant with our second. This is again <laughs> before we get married. And so I'm, I'm, I have the sit down talk with Mega and she's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, we're going to get married. Um, she deserves honor. She just. So at this point, were you like wanting him back? Were you like thinking this? No, I. Um... Yeah, yeah, let me say yes. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point, we were um, pregnant with our second yeah. and it was a, just a crossroads of what are we doing? We did, yeah, you we know, did. we're. We're going in one direction sometimes and then we're going in a different direction and agreeing with sin at other times like what are we doing yeah. um so i yeah we looked at each other and i was like so what are you going to do it was a what are you going to do a, a call to how are we going to live the rest of our lives it's interesting yeah. mm-hmm. i think it's interesting because you know she looked at you as as the man the the dad yeah and mm-hmm. so that's so true isn't it i mean mm-hmm. It's up to us so much. What are we going to do? It's, right. it's like our responsibility right. as, the, as the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. So um, I embraced it, and I fully wanted to give her all the honor that she was due and um, repented for the behavior that I displayed before and uh, wanted to become someone for her who she could fully feel honorable to live life with moving forward. And so God gave much grace uh, for me to grow, develop, be accountable, and um, own up to my mistakes and yeah. glorify her to be the woman of God that she is. 
So it got off to a rocky start. For sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was not a better rose, not the perfect white picket fence. Or, not at all. Yeah. yeah. Bumpy. And so we brought a lot of that um, baggage into our marriage yeah. and started off our marriage just really in a tough place because we were both uh, broken from the relationships that we had with one another and with others prior to us getting married. Yeah. And um, early on in our marriage, while we were going to that local church, we decided to take a marriage course there and we took the marriage course and it opened up the opportunity to just have conversation uh, um, health in a healthy way with community and then with one another. And that really started the trajectory for us to build a strong foundation together with God at the center of it and um, start to love one another in the way God intended us to. Mm-hmm. And so from there, there's been, a, you know, the 10 steps forward, eight steps back, yeah. 20 steps forward, 15 steps back, but there's always progress. Yeah. And it's been a great incline since then. So how did your family respond to that? Because you, you kind of threw in that thing about Hindu home and yeah, family. I um, mean, how was that dynamic? It was um, rejected for probably the first three years of our marriage, you know, and before when we were dating. And so um, there was a time when Ashlyn asked, we sat down with my dad and Ashlyn asked him if in my hand in marriage to, to try to, you know, move in the right direction. And my dad was like, no, <laughs> we're okay. You don't need to, you know, you didn't do it before. Why are you doing it now? And um, that was really hurtful and, um, we still continued and the Lord really saw us through in that situation. Um, as we went to, um, where we were uh, going to church and doing married, um, marriage counseling and things like that. Um, you know, my story was always, I don't talk to my parents. I don't see them. They don't know my children. And then our story, I was reading and preparing for class one day and it was like, this is not my story anymore. Mm. And, you know, my parents love Ash and they know our children and they're in our lives. So, so cool. Yeah. yeah. So the deck was really stacked against you in like so many ways yeah. as you, as you, as you entered in, as you entered into marriage, you know, what, what we've seen in church over, over time is that, I mean, the enemy is, is after marriage. Yeah. The mm-hmm. devil like wants to destroy marriage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we have a society, a culture, you know, that's, now not really pro-marriage you know one of the things that we're seeing that i'm seeing a lot of with with young people is that is that they're choosing not to get married Mm -hmm. they're just choosing to live together they're choosing to cohabitate and when you start asking why because they came up in broken homes they came up in marriages that ended ended in divorce or this fighting and so they've carried with this idea you know marriage does not sound like something i don't want that Mm -hmm. because when i hear the word marriage i think about pain Mm -hmm. I think about hurt. So you got a whole generation that's actually pulling away from marriage. And that's not even talking about the homosexual agendas and all those things that are kind of out there. But you know, God is like, he's for marriage. Right. And marriage like can be good and, get, and it can be awesome mm-hmm. and what God intended to be. And so God put you guys on, like this, on this path and a burden to, to see this happen, not just for yourselves, but mm-hmm. like for others. Correct. Yeah. You know? So give us a little bit of like some you kind of journey into, into, into that. Cause how do we, how do we begin to like help, you know, married couples enter into what mm-hmm. we know marriage can be that aren't really enjoying it. What's not like some, some, some tools. Yeah. 
I think that um, for us, our story was great because we had a couple that really came to us and kind of uh, parented us a bit spiritually yeah. and gave us an opportunity to grow and have conversations and see their life. And as we began to see their life and have the different conversations that you have to have around marriage, around um, Christ being the center, around a regular lifestyle of intimacy, around um, how to handle stewardship with your relationships and finances and continuing to have accountability through community, um, that couple really set a good pillar for us, a good map, a blueprint for us mm -hmm. to start to walk out. So the key place for us started with just both being devoted to an intimate relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Once we committed to that, um, there was always a plumb line to come back to. And that was our relationship with God, how we could depend on him. Mm -hmm. And then also his word for us to come back to whenever we had points of disagreement or uh, ways that we were acting that weren't that according to his, right. Im acting immaturely. Great. <laughs> so, you know, never. So, so you said two things, mm -hmm. you know, so far, right? Obviously, you have to come to God clearly, but you went on to say some of the change began to happen when you got involved in a community of believers mm -hmm. and you had another couple. Correct. That was investing in you. Yes, yes. So outside of um, our own relationship with God and um, it, our own relationship with God individually and us coming together for our, our, spirit, our relationship with God with each other, community has been by far um, the number two piece in our marriage and for it to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. um, having a couple that poured into us for a season and um, having couples that came alongside of us to just do life with, who you can be real with, be accountable to, um, doing marriage well and doing it God's way. And then in certain seasons, having other couples that we could pour back into. Uh -huh. So, uh, Community has been so um, important in our marriage, um, being able to, like Ash said, someone to hold you accountable. They've already heard your you're the worst of the worst. Um, you know, they, they know what you guys are, what you're going through as a couple and for them to kind of help you along the way and, and pull you together and, um, doing it side by side has been, um, just like game changer for Ashlyn and I definitely. So speak, so speak to a couple, I mean, uh, right now that, and they're, we can, we can kind of break up in a couple different ways, right? Yeah. Just a, just a couple that's, newly married or they've mm -hmm. been, you know, only been married a few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just trying to figure things out. Like you're learning that, you know, why does your wife leave the toothpaste cap off? And, mm -hmm. you know, why does the husband, like you're in this sort of discovery mode with each other. What, what would you say to a, to a, to a young, to a super young married couple? I mean, how do you, what are some like tools, tips to get off on the right? I mean, how do you get off on the, on the right foot. You guys got off on the wrong foot. Right, right. And I think a lot of, a lot of us married couples, we got off just on the wrong side of the bed, literally. Mm -hmm. it's, just, it's just, we didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. how, how do you do it right? So a lot of it is um, cult, not taught. Yeah. So being around couples. Cult, not taught. Yeah. So being around couples now is really good. So finding relationships that you can be around and sometimes it, you experience where married couples tend to kind of shelter 
and, and only hang around married couples. But if you're that single person, don't feel like you can't be around those married couples because you'll see the challenges that they go through and then you'll see the successes that they go through and the journey of it. And that's, that's very powerful for it. As around, you know, personal practicals, start to work on your character and your character is, is going to be the key piece in your marriage to keep your marriage together because God put us together to make us holy, not necessarily happy. That's, so, a, good, that's a good thought. Mm-hmm. So God, that's a, I think when we think about marriage, I think most of us get married thinking, I'm doing this so I can be happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in reality, God's purpose has never been so much about us being happy. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But about being holy. Yes. So marriage then serves. So the purpose of marriage is holiness. Correct. Not just my happiness. Correct. Oh, Correct. Yeah. I think that's a that's a that's a prof- that's a profound thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because when I got married, I thought it was about my per- my personal happiness, because I was convinced this is she's going to make me happy, mm-hmm. and I found out really quick into marriage. I found out something else. I found out pretty quick that really, sh- no, she doesn't make me happy. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, because she makes me happy, but I realized, oh my goodness. I had some idealistic distortion in my mind of what marriage really was. Mm-hmm. And then you enter into it and then you start facing the fact that, Oh, I am really selfish. You know, like marriage for me, it began to expose just how selfish I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that goes after that. I, I think that's just a great thought to break yeah. down that the purpose of marriage is not just to make you happy, but there's a greater purpose mm-hmm. to make you whole. talk about that. Yeah. So, um, God, is key number one after our hearts. And he wants us to present, he wants us to present our wives to him holy and blameless. And the same expectation is for us as husbands to be righteous before him in his blood first, but then also um, mature and sanctify over time. So um, having that personal relationship with him uh, is the practical piece behind that. Just being in your word daily, praying daily and worshiping daily those connecting points bring you back to that plumb line of this whole thing is about Jesus. It's about holiness. And now I get to live that love out, that holiness out with my wife or with my spouse. So connecting with your spouse spiritually. Correct. What does that look like? Because I think when you talk to husbands and wives, oftentimes one of the things that you find is they, you could be like a ship's passing in the night. Mm -hmm. Especially Mm -hmm. because you got, you guys have, Four. Four kids. Yep. And you're busy and, you know, life is busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how, and how do you connect spiritually? Mm-hmm. What works like for you guys? What's, what's been the challenge or yep. what's work? Because, I mean, you hear that so often. How do, you, how do husbands and wife connect together mm-hmm. spiritually? Well, we started off with Ashlyn uh, telling me that, that, baby, this isn't how we're going to pray. Um, and so we, we started off there. And so now um, we... He lets me pray and let me come up with the words on my own here. And we just, we pray and we read together every day. Um, and we made those and, non-negotiables for us. Yeah. We're going to start our day with worship, prayer, and reading. Okay. The scriptures. And so that's the practical piece behind it. That's, that's the way our day is going to start. And um, without that, we know we can do nothing without Jesus. And it sounds really super spiritual, but it's as basic as spending five minutes reading a verse together. Yeah. 
praying over that verse for another five minutes and doing one song of worship. So we're not talking about 30, 45 minutes, yeah, yeah. an hour in the morning. No, we're talking about a dedicated period of time together that we can join together. And we still have our personal time with God outside of that as well, too. So you're not trying to get together and read the whole book of Leviticus. We tried. We tried. We tried. We tried. We tried. We tried. Just a moment to connect spiritually together. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's been key. Um, and then spending dedicated time to relational conversation. So, you know, any, anyone who's been married for a little bit period of time know that you have this segment of conversation that you kind of drift in, which is the informational, you know, uh, when are we going to pay the bills? Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to make the grocery list? Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who's putting the kids to bed? Right. What's, you know, just what's what. And that's informational and doesn't lead to um, conversation that is um, really deep and helps you to see each other outside of the roles that you play in your home. And then sometimes you can get caught up hanging in an emotional conversation where something in the morning I didn't get up the right way and the say good morning. The wasn't on right. properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, you have those conversations where I wish you would have done this different, but we don't want to hang out there either. Yeah. We want to hang out in the place of connecting relationally where how's your heart feeling today? What's on your heart? That's my number one question that I asked Omega. What's on your heart? And she can just feel free to tell me because we've gone through the informational talk. We've gone through the emotional conversation. And now we're in the relational where we get to relate to one one another. And so we spend um, Mega's phrases. I need 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So you need 20 minutes. You mean like if you're in a, if you're in a heated conversation, you need a minute to recover or you just need, I need, um, I need us to make time for each other to have uh, relational conversation, deep conversation for 20 minutes okay, so, a day. So, so it takes about 20 minutes to, to, to have that level of quality. Correct. Yeah. For, that's uh, for Mega. That's for, that's for us. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks mm-hmm. like for us is, mm-hmm. is let's, let's take 20 minutes. Um, Put the you know, kids that there, down. there are times when Ash is like, yeah, I, I really need to finish this thing or I'm, I really need to get dinner on. But it will simplify it. It's like it's 20 minutes. So is that as, as a, as a man, is that difficult? Sometimes like pulling teeth to get 20 minutes of that. Um, at first, <laughs> is, it, is it like, you really have to like, okay, does it feel like an eternity sometimes? Like that's when it's like fighting eternity, having we, a deep conversation. We, we used to have a joke about, you know, the Klondike bar commercial where <laughs> the guy is, uh, what would you do for a Klondike bar? And it's talk to your wife for more than 30 seconds. And he's smiling and holding on. It's like, ding, ding, oh, ding. No. no. So um, yeah. I, I, it's not like that for me. You know, it, wasn't, it, it was more difficult in the beginning. But the more that I practice it yeah. and the more that I got to see, I really have no clue who Mega is. Yeah. I think I know who she is. Yeah. I've, we've been together for going on 10 years now, married. But there are new facets, facets to her that open up every day. Yeah. And it's just about taking the time and the moment to, to have the conversation. And I learned something new about her that I didn't know before. And so today, now, it's, it's great. But it was a muscle that I had to build in order to do that. So muscle you have to build. Mm-hmm. And then there's this thing called muscle memory, mm-hmm. because once you build it, then the muscle knows exactly what to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let me let me just ask you. So, 
you said a couple of things that are that are really simple, mm-hmm. but it's the simple things that elude us so often. That what you're what you're saying is that what was key for your marriage was getting involved in community. Mm-hmm. That was that was huge. Mm-hmm. Having the having the impact of another couple, you know, that's going to actually you're going to learn from them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then have the have the ongoing relationships that are mm-hmm. hugely important. Correct. And mm-hmm. then having some spiritual connect with each other. Correct. I know my wife and I are the Mm -hmm. same way. And in fact, my wife is right there on the camera. Mm -hmm. I can wave at her. She's looking Mm -hmm. at me right now. And what something we've done that's very helpful when Mm -hmm. she's going to work and then I'm, I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. We'll usually get on the phone together Mm -hmm. and we'll just have a, we'll just, we'll just talk a little bit Mm -hmm. and then we will, we will pray while we're driving. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't have to be overly religious to do this. You know, you don't necessarily have to have the candles lit Mm -hmm. and, you know, the Bethel music in the background right. and have the communion elements out, mm-hmm. right. you know, to connect spiritually. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, can, we find that that's just a moment in time that we can pray together, pray mm-hmm. for each other, pray for our kids, pray for our family, yeah. pray for various things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think she would agree that that, that, goes, that goes a long way. It's, it's not complicated. Yeah. Now, we were talking the other day and, and about three different thoughts as relates to marriage. Mm-hmm. That within the marriage, there's things that you need to do to repair it. Correct. So think of like a, almost like a car, mm-hmm. right? The things you need to do to repair your car, mm-hmm. things you need to do to keep up the maintenance mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. car, and there's also things you can do to upgrade your car, mm-hmm. right? So in the context of marriage, mm-hmm. right, some of us, when we get married, there are things that we don't ever repair. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the baggage that we bring in, mm-hmm. and it needs repair, but we never repair it. Mm-hmm. So we have things from our past that's continually infecting, you know, mm-hmm. the marriage situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys brought some stuff into your marriage? Yeah. Clearly. I mean, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there's, some, there's some stuff that you needed to get repaired. Mm-hmm. How, what did that look like for you? You, you know, yeah. getting pregnant, coming from a Hindu ha- family, almost getting with another woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kind of, all kind of issues there. Yeah. Yeah. How did you deal with the repair issues? Um, I think it started for us with, um, it hurts so much, but to have conversation about it openly, intimately, just, um, to hear Ashlyn's heart and not, um, not let my emotions and my hurt by what he's going through affect me to where he can't even discuss it with me. Um, and so that was, that was big for us to just be able to communicate with each other openly and honestly about our past and how we were going to lay the foundation going forward. Um, and there, there's something that we learned along the way, which is, you know, you, your spouse is there to heal your wounds. And yeah. so um, essentially that is what happened for us. Um, you know, I'm, I'm here to to listen to him and to pray for him and to and to just hear his heart and and that will start the mending process mm-hmm. um, of past hurts that you bring into your marriage. And so, uh, I think Mega really got a heart for uh, God's forgiveness for her, hmm. and forgiveness didn't become an option for her. Forgiveness, forgiving you. Yeah, forgiving me was not an option for her. Yeah, yeah. it was a command by God to do so, and I had to commit to the retribution that it took to pay back all the wrong that I had done to her. And I took accountability for it. 
and never shot away from taking that accountability. Yeah. And so um, any wounds that she ever had, if she ever needed healing from those wounds, no matter how long it took, I was committed to it because I know I caused it. So anytime that you have a situation where um, a spouse has wounded another spouse, you have to have the unending heart for forgiveness, for one, and then the unending heart to pay back what you've wronged from the other. And that's where the unity comes into play. So it's interesting because you you throw... I think we've all heard the forgiveness thing before. That's, I don't know how good of a job we always do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but love, you know, keeps no record of wrongs. That's yeah. one of the hallmarks of 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, love keeps no record of wrongs. Mm-hmm. So then how, the only way you can not keep a record of wrongs is you have to forgive. And, mm-hmm. and when you forgive, you bury all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, that's essential. But then you talk about um, retribution, yeah, or in other words, giving back to, what what is that? What what is that? I think sometimes we oh I'm 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 forgiven. Let's just kind of move on now. Mm-hmm. But you felt compelled yeah. that I need to do something, you know, to to I I have a part to play in this because right. I have hurt her. Mm-hmm. For now, what do I need to do to reverse that? Correct. So um, some simple things were early before our marriage. I was um, a, a terrible person, womanizer. And so I would hide things on my phone, my computer, different things like that. And so I just gave her leeway to everything. There was never a time that anything was hidden from her. Uh, we shared everything from passwords to accounts, mm. just very practical stuff. Of um, So that was a way to honor her, to, to, to give her full access correct. to everything. There's no, no secret, no hidden. Nope. No, I, I, she, she would, anytime that she would call if I wasn't able to answer, she would get a text soon after. She yeah. never had to wonder. She never had to um, think about those things. From my standpoint of view, I never gave her a reason to. Now, she still had her own journey with that. Share a little bit yeah. about that. Um, my, and my journey was, oh, you know, I'm expecting him to be home at a certain time. Am I going to freak out? Am I going to, you know, be angry when he gets home because I didn't hear her and, and speculate and yeah, yeah. Have expectations that are not sound, um, and so for me was I to continue to just believe the truth of I want to trust him, and so therefore I will trust him um, for us to move forward in forgiveness. And I've forgiven, and I want us to grow on a foundation of love and forgiveness and trust. So I just was I felt like God just kind of held on to me there of you know, um, don't doubt Ashlyn and believe what he says. And so that was um, my part to play in Ash, for Ash. And so it wasn't him coming home and me berating him about anything. I just had to be very quiet and, (laughs) um, you know, take it one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I I think the repair piece is so important because you, you know, we don't talk about certain things in marriage because we, there's shame, there's mm-hmm. condemnation, there's fear, yeah. there's yeah. fear of mm-hmm. reprisal or, you know, we just, we just don't know how to get kind of past that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, how to get in a place where you can really authentically begin to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, and it's not, and it's not easy, mm-hmm. you know, at, having been in ministry like 25 years almost, and there's been so many situations in marriages and we and the marriage basically gets to a place where, 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 you know, things just fall apart mm-hmm. and it's largely due 
that there was issues from the past that that were never dealt with. They got progressively worse, mm-hmm. progressively worse. Mm-hmm. And and to and to have a moment in time where you just communicate, correct? Where you like where you bear your heart to mm-hmm. each other, mm-hmm. and you and you talk to each other, and you like. But it's a, it's hard to get there. I yeah. mean, it's a and especially if you got past stuff and you got issues from the past, and it's mm-hmm. best not to let's mm-hmm. just not let's just not go there. So that's where the community comes back into play. If you have a, a great knit group around you, a couple that's pouring into you, and other people you can do life with that are mature as well too, then they help you have those conversations in a safe place to where. Um, you don't have to feel condemned. You don't have to feel guilty, but you can feel free to communicate your heart to one another and have a safe place where people can correct you. Yeah. If I'm thinking about something the wrong way, if I'm thinking about Mega should be forgiving faster or she should be getting over this faster because I'm a new person. I know who I am. I know who my heart is, but that still does not mean that she's not in a place where she needs healing for your spouse. So, so correction. Correct. Put yourself... In a situation where other people can correct you. Mm-hmm. How does that feel when you're getting corrected? Oh, it's, it's definitely humbling. Yeah. It's definitely humbling. Um, but the Lord loves those he corrects. Yeah. And so if you have your identity committed to Christ, then you know that the correction is only because he loves you. Yeah. So, You know, I felt in our marriage for years, I always said my, my wife is like my hero spiritually. Mm-hmm. I mean, she really, she's just... She loves God. She's just so much more attuned to the Lord than I am. I mean, she just is. And for so long, I, I allowed her spirituality to intimidate me a little bit. And I would actually get mad at it because she, she was so connected to God. I felt like I was so much less. So I, I saw it as an affront to my own, my own self, mm-hmm. which was just completely whacked because it didn't. But it, 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 and, and I was not able to value the gift of God that she was. I was actually intimidated by the gift of God that she was, it was the gift of God to me mm-hmm. and I couldn't receive it mm-hmm. out of my own pride. Right. And we went on years and years like yeah. that. Yeah. And over, over time I would shut her spirit. I would basically close her spirit by not valuing the gift of God mm-hmm. inside of her. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really wasn't, wasn't until I began to realize, I mean, God's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I've given you a gift here mm-hmm. and you're not even using the gift. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of the, kind of like the you know line of scrimmage. I felt like we were we were. I mean, I had lined up on the on the on the opposite side, and I and I didn't I didn't see her as like an asset yep. to my own spirituality. Right. Was just the mom of my kids or somebody you get to be intimate with and all those things. I mean, mm-hmm. but she was an asset to me spiritually. Yeah. Yes, yes. I think the marital roles are huge, and so if you look at the role of the woman, she's the help. And a lot of times that's been given such a bad term to say. And yeah. even in church circles, you don't want to call the woman to help. But the help indicates that I'm incapable of doing anything on my own. Amen to that. Well, <laughs> so if so I'm true. incapable, the person who's the help is actually the person who's most needed. Yeah. And so once I got my head around that, like hmm. I'm incapable yeah. of completing any assignment. Um, any, the the role as a husband, the role as a father, the role as a child of God, if I'm married without her, yeah, I'm incapable of it because she's my helper and she's, she's what I need. I'm incapable of doing it without her. I'm incomplete. Yeah. So once I get married, I, I need this help. Correct. And if I don't listen to this help, then I'm going to be, 
I'm going to be messed up. I can tell you that some of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life was when I didn't listen to my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't. I, was, I just didn't listen, listen to mm-hmm. her. And, I, and, and because of that, I mean, the, the, I, mean, I made some really, really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. And that she called it out. Yeah. And she said, don't. This is, you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, this is right. Mm-hmm. This is all good. And I would always ask her because the man's so logical, right? Show me a proof, show me a proof, show me a proof. She's like, no, I'm just sensing this is, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't, listen to her it created all kinds of problems right and then i had to deal with the problems but then she i had to i had to drag her into helping me deal with the problems that i created because i didn't listen to her and uh, this went through like a number of years just like that Mm -hmm. until finally you just kind of wake up and realize realize, oh my gosh you know i need to listen to this woman but the but the challenge for me was i had damaged her in that process you know, I had damaged her by not listening to her, mm-hmm. you know, and that building back of that trust and, and honoring her, you know, honoring her and, and listening to her, valuing the gift of God that she is. And it took, you know, it took like a, a few years for her to build back the trust in me mm-hmm. that I was really sincere. Yeah. And that was not a, that was not, that was not an easy season. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, so there's some things that got to be repaired right. you know, and, yeah. and we can't, move on to maintenance until we deal with the, until we deal with the repair work. Mm-hmm. And I would challenge, you know, all, all of you guys as married couples. I mean, that's, I mean, what, what are the things that you need to be repaired of? Mm-hmm. You know, what are some things, the baggage, things that maybe you brought in, you know, into your marriage from your past that's still affecting you. Yeah. She's your greatest helpmate or he's your greatest helpmate to work through those things to repair. But then, then the next stage is the maintenance. maintenance. And I'm convinced, man, when you don't do maintenance, that's when you start having problems. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, like when you, it's like when you buy a car. Your marriage is kind of like, like a car, right? If you, don't, mm-hmm. if, if, if you never change the oil and you never rotate the tires and, you know, you never vacuum out, you just, you just never do any maintenance at all and you just drive, 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 mm-hmm. what ultimately is going to happen one day is you're going to be at the intersection of a, of a major highway and the whole transition is going to fall out. And I can't tell you how many married couples that I have set across from. And that's what's happened. There's been a breach. There's been a moral failure. There's been something physical. There's yeah. been emotional abuse. So there's just been something that happens. And then all of a sudden, it's a mess. And more oftentimes than not, you can track it back very much. They, they, there was no maintenance. Yeah. Because life is busy. You're working, the wife's working, you, you, you have kids, mm-hmm. you got all these urgent things you're having to respond to, mm-hmm. and the important thing of you know, maintenance just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, they say that you know, the days and weeks and months happen slowly, but years happen fast. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, time gets away from you, right. and things just like crash and, crash and burn. So what is, like in your personal marriage, what does maintenance look like? I think we already hit on a little bit of this and, and, and having, having the spiritual connect is like a huge part right. of, you know, regular maintenance. What, mm-hmm. are, what are some practical things of what, what can a marriage do to have regular, regular, regular maintenance? Like? Right. So we, we do um, regular vision, vision and um, planning for stewardship. Okay. And simply that means we steward our relationships uh, we steward our stuff, which is our money and our assets. Uh-huh. And then we also steward our assignments in life. So stewarding relationships, mm-hmm. 
stuff, you know, money, mm-hmm. resources, mm-hmm. and your assignments in life, whether your, your career, your vocation, okay. um, those things are very uh, flexible and they move and they... So, so break down mm-hmm. the first one, steward relationships. What's, so what's that? Your, rela- your, your main relationships in your life. So relationship with one another, uh, your relationship with your children, your relationship with uh, your church community, your relationship with your family, and then your relationships that you have with acquaintances, whether it's your coworkers or people that you just meet in life on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah, yeah. We take time to actually plan where we're gonna spend time in those relationships. So what you're saying, so you manage, because I think for a lot of our lives, we let all those things manage us. Right. Yeah. They actually steward us mm-hmm. as opposed to us stewarding them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So taking time to do that uh, on a quarterly basis. So at least every three months, Meg and I are sitting down and we're talking about what does our time with our children look like? And what does it look like with their character that we want to work on? What do we want to work on with their education? And then what would we want to work on in their spiritual hearts? And we'll plan that out. And we'll make a plan to execute that over three months. Mm-hmm. And same thing with our community relationships with the body of Christ. That's our family. And yeah. so we want to make sure we stay to, close to our family. So we pick the relationships that we're going to commit time to over that quarter. And then after that, then we pick who we're going to, when we're going to spend time with our blood family because we want to continue to be a light to our blood family. And then also outside of that, whatever coworkers, whatever acquaintances that we can pull in, in life, we want to bring them in as well too. Mm-hmm. But we make sure that we're very specific about that time. So that's the relationship people. piece. That's the mm-hmm. relationship piece. Mm-hmm. That's a really, that's, I mean, that's, that's powerful because mm-hmm. I don't, some of us aren't that intentional and proactive yeah. when it's, it comes to our relationships. It's funny, we're, we'll do it in the marketplace and we'll do it at work. We'll have meetings where we sit down, plan out the sure. next quarter. But when it comes to our home, yeah, we feel so like, right. We'll just let it come to us and we'll yeah. figure this thing out. But you have to be proactive about it. I, I think that that's valuable for most families, um, primarily because it helps us alleviate, okay, what has been taking up so much of our time? Do yeah. we need to rethink anything so that um, we're focused on the things that are most important to our heart? Um, and we're able to identify, all right, this is taking up this much time. How do we manage that better mm-hmm. that's um, so good so in the in the time we have left so it's the stewardship of your relationship yep. stewardship of resources correct because you know we find out in marriage that it's the communication can cause problems and finances yeah. and resources mm-hmm. become a major contention mm-hmm. within the context of marriage and that becomes a you know how do, so what does that mean for you guys how do you how do you deal in that so taking the time to figure out over this next quarter what are we going to focus our finances towards? Um, are there things that we need to accomplish as a family to make the day-to-day life more stable at home? And how much can we continue to give away? And so the more that we are have conversations to become aligned on those resources, because for me, early on in the marriage, I was like, let's give as much, as much away as we can. And that, that's great. And that's Great to have a good heart for that. But I wasn't looking at how much I could give to my wife as the same way as so, giving. So in your relationship, who, who's the better money manager of the two of you? Or Ash. is it kind of equal? Ash. So you're the, you're the better in your relationship. Yeah. Because, because, because you know, sometimes the wife is actually better 
and managing the money than right. the husband. So it's not mm-hmm. just it's not just a male female issue. Mm-hmm. It's like who actually who has the mm-hmm. skill, who has mm-hmm. the best kind of eye for that. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a compliment, right? So mm-hmm. you know, Dave Ramsey's course. Uh, we took that, and that yeah. was very helpful for us in the sense of you have the uh, free spirits, people who just kind of like to spend the money, mm-hmm. and then you have the savers, people who want to hold on to it, and then you have the nerds, the people who keep track of everything with spreadsheets, uh-huh. and then you have the, um, what was it, the nerds, and there was one more. We're a combination of all yeah, of them. Yeah, the category yeah. That, that that just doesn't have to keep track of everything. Uh-huh. And I'm actually, a, a, that's what it was, the spender, the person who likes uh-huh. to spend and the person who likes to save. So I'm a um, nerd spender. Okay. So I'll spend. But you have to track it, you have to fix it. Exactly. Yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, know yeah. Um, for it to be accounted for and uh-huh. know what that's going to impact on our giving, what that's going to impact on our resources and what we're going to have to save and what we're going to have to spend day-to-day. I just need to understand it. For Mega, she's more of a free spirit and she likes to save. Yeah. So yeah. us understanding that about Part one of another. Our, each other was really mm-hmm. helpful because we were just negatively... Um, saying you're not doing this well and you're not doing this well. So, but, so there was lots of accusation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when mm-hmm. in the money conversation, so many times it's, it's accusation. Mm-hmm. Husband's accusing the wife of spending too much. She's accusing the husband of being mm-hmm. too dictatorial in the money. It just, mm-hmm. It's just yeah. all accusation mm-hmm. and not much fruitful comes when there's just accusation. Correct. Yeah. And, and we noticed that a lot of that and a lot of our problems that came from, you know, whether it was the physical problems that we had or whether it was the monetary problems that we had or whether it was the time problems that we had, a lot of that came from um, identity that wasn't centered in Christ or unrealistic expectations. Yes. So unrealistic expectations. we found those two things, not having an identity rooted in Christ and having unrealistic expectations for one another to be the key behind all the arguments behind money, behind all the arguments behind time, behind the, all the arguments of how to steward the children. So those two things, if we can narrow down identity and if you can narrow down um, unrealistic expectations for one another, yeah. then that helps uh, stabilize a lot of those spiking arguments we've always we've, we've often said our you know level of discouragement and disappointment and frustration will always rise to meet our unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know so if, if if i can adjust my expectations yeah. i'm going to be able to mitigate the level of frustration discouragement anger at times mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my expectations are wrong mm-hmm. and you're always missing each other so the so the so the last thing for tonight was so we talk about the top of the stewardship of relationships mm-hmm. Stewardship of finances, resources. The next one's interesting. Stewardship of assignments. Correct. Right. Of, of, of assi- what does that mean? So it's been a very fluid topic for us. We've been involved in ministry full-time for seasons. Um, for seasons, Mega has been um, at home, homeschooling, and she's been in the marketplace at certain seasons, and so have I. So we've always had to sit down and ask God um, quarter by quarter what do you want us to do and how do you want us to spend our time and our assignment during this time period? And uh, it's been very helpful for us to hear one another discuss, this is what we see the next three months, six months, the next year looking like, so that way we can move forward and help one another along the way. Yeah. How's that work for you? Um, I think it helps us be open to what God wants us to do and not be stuck um, in one place. Um, 
but I feel like it also gives us the opportunity to really share our heart with each other of like, I really, this is burdensome or, um, you know, this just isn't working out. What do you think about this, this other um, avenue? And so I feel like it's been um, freeing. And so yeah. it allows for us to have that conversation openly without pressure. Yeah. Um, knowing that we're going to be able to have these conversations continuously. I'm yeah. sorry. I was when you were talking. Okay. I was thinking about um, the list that that Stephen had given. Stephen, you had given you. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was really practical, mm -hmm. but I don't remember everything. I don't know if you do. Okay. <laughs> you know everything. Everything that you're describing, you know, talks about intentionality. You know, mm -hmm. it. It. I mean, everything is intentional. Just in the 45 minutes we've had. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you guys getting married and saying, listen, I we realize we can't do this by ourselves. You know, I mean, that's, you're never going to get healthy alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God did not design us to do this alone. Mm -hmm. So you, you start off by saying it was, it was getting in a community, getting a, getting a faith together, getting, mm -hmm. getting around other kind of couples, making sure there's somebody pouring into you, you know, at some level, that's mm -hmm. like hugely important. Mm -hmm. You know, getting in those environments, realizing that, and then from that place, it's, it's being intentional about stewarding, your relationships, mm -hmm. you know, that's a big one. It's about being a steward your finances, talk to each other, mm -hmm. steward your assignments. So God didn't just call you or you, or you you're, you're one, mm -hmm. you're one. So God didn't call one of the other, he, he calls you both and you, and you begin to do ministry together. Mm -hmm. And then the thought that at the very beginning you share was the, was the, that marriage is about more holiness and is about happiness. Sure. I think that's a great thought is that, is that in the context of marriage, I get a chance to grow spiritually. In some ways, I, I may not have could have been able to grow as well. When I see my wife as just a tool of the Lord to cause me to grow spiritually. And the interesting thing is that it's kind of painful, but you actually end up happy. Yes, yeah. you enjoy the hard yeah, work. Yeah. It's like a workout, right? You get, after you do that hard run, that hard workout, you feel that sense of physical euphoria a bit. And that's the way it is with marriage. It becomes, I love the, yeah. how hard this is. It's so rewarding at the end of the day. Yeah, that's so good, man. Mm -hmm. And well, we're going to have you guys pray okay. you know, over, over us. I, I'd like for you to pray mm -hmm. and make it a pray to you for you know, married couples. And I'll just say to all of us in our, in our spiritual family, we, I, I've been feeling for some time just a burden for our homes, for our married couples, mm -hmm. for parenting, all these things that, mm -hmm. that we as a church have an opportunity to encourage, address, and help. Ash and Mega, we're going to be working a lot together in the days ahead, especially as we get, as we get into the fall, about I mean, how we can support our couples, how we can support our families, mm -hmm. the conversations that we can have to encourage all of our spiritual family. But if you are married out there, none of this can happen unless you're intentional. It's, it's like the steps that you need to take to create a healthy marriage. You know what's really sad to me is when I see a married couple, but they're married with no intimacy. And I just don't mean sex. I mean, I mean, I mean emotional connectivity, the richness of that. It's really sad to see married couples that they may be married because they got a ring on their finger, mm -hmm. but you can mm -hmm. see there's not much life in their marriage. Yeah. And, they've, and they've just kind of learned to exist in so much less than what could be. Yeah and what God designs for marriage to be. 
And man, if, if, if we can pray for you tonight, I mean, maybe you found yourself right now and you're in your, you're in your marriage and you're thinking, man, we got some things we need to repair. There's some, there's some things that, that my wife and I haven't, haven't discussed. I just want to encourage you, man. I mean, pray and, you know, ask God, go out for that coffee, sit down and say, honey, you know, let's, let's just have the conversation, making yourself vulnerable. Let the Lord enter into that forgiveness and, and, and help each other, be in a safe place for each other. And then there's some things, there's some of those of you right now that say, hey, you know, marriage is good. I would ask you, how much maintenance are you doing? I feel extremely convicted about that from time to time. Is that, man, I, I need to be about maintenance. I need, I need to be sure I'm, I'm taking care of our marriage and having those conversations. Mm-hmm. It's so important and so vital. And then, of course, we didn't get to the upgrade piece, mm-hmm. but there are things that you can do in your marriage. We feel like our marriage right now is kind of cool because mm-hmm. we're kind of in a season of upgrade. Um, we're empty nesters. You know, some of you are like empty nesters and, and that's been a unique season in marriage because when your kids are all out of the house, sometimes you, you kind of stare and look at each other. Oh, goodness. You know, because so much of life gets wrapped up in kids and life and all those things. And what you don't want to happen is for the last kid to move out and you don't know each other. Right. You've like forgot what it's like mm-hmm. just to be married because mm-hmm. the kids took up all the energy. So you can have every kind of season can bring forth an upgrade. And I feel like we're in a season in our marriage right now. It's, it's, a, it's like a real upgrade. Yeah. We've raised our kids and they're you know, mostly gone. And now we get to just experience each other in a you know, whole new way. We are celebrating our 30-year anniversary awesome. next awesome. Tuesday. That's so awesome. So 30 <laughs> years. Yeah. My wife deserves yeah. the highest accolade <laughs> for like putting up with me for 30 years. But yeah. I, can, yeah. I can tell you from experience, it just... It, it, hasn't all been easy, you know, obviously, but I mean, it's been good, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and the Bible says rejoice mm-hmm. in the wife of your youth, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rejoice in the gift mm-hmm. that God gave you from, mm-hmm. from the young. So whatever season in marriage, yes, it, it can be good, but you're not meant to do it alone. Right. We've got to do this in community together. Right. We've got to do it in community. Exactly. I was one of our house church leaders. I, I won't say their names because I think it was, it, was, it was kind of a personal conversation. Mm-hmm. But um, at the beginning of the quarantine, you know, they've been married probably, I would guess, 30 or 40 years. And they told me over the phone because now they're kind of, they can't do their work because they're at home and they're just kind of, mm-hmm. and they said to me, this is really cool, they said, man, we sat down at home during the quarantine and we held each other's hands and realized, man, there's some stuff in our marriage we need to continue to work on. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to use the time that we have to really work on ourselves. Now, I'll look at that couple, and you just make the assumption, man, you guys are, y'all have got it made. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, with tears in their eyes, man, we want to work on some things. We want to upgrade mm-hmm. in our last golden years, right? And that, mm-hmm. like, that was so encouraging to me mm-hmm. to realize, no, we're, 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 we are all engaged with this. Whether we're newly married, whether we're in the season of raising kids, yes. or mm-hmm. going to the empty nest, whether we're in the kind of the golden years, I mean, it could be good if we're intentional mm-hmm. and we're doing it together and with each other in, in family. Mm-hmm. And that's what church community is all about. That's what being in house churches is all about, mm-hmm. forming those relationships that are so good. So, man, thank you. And, and, and a lot of what we discussed it may sound like a lot and being so focused on a lot of that. Um, but if you do those, if you're doing 75 to 80 percent of that, yeah, you're going to have a healthy, godly marriage. Yeah, and so you, you don't have to worry about hitting on all these points, 100 uh, yeah. percent. If you're doing it consistently, 70 to 80 percent, then your marriage is going to be growing in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah, I like to use the example. You know, you can take 
two drops of green food coloring, mm -hmm. just a little bit, yeah. and you can drop it in, you know, a big old barrel of water, mm -hmm. you know, and it's going to, it's going to tint every molecule mm -hmm. green. Yeah. yeah. You know, God can take just that little bit, you know, that, mm -hmm. those few loaves and fish that, that we have, and he can really multiply that out in powerful ways. And then we want to do more, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because we see the benefit yeah. of what we have. So man, would y'all just pray, yeah. you know, pray for us, pray for our, you know, you know, married couples, you know, out there, just that we would, we would be a church family that just mm -hmm. pours in to have strong marriages. I want the single people in our church. I want the kids in our church to, to see healthy marriages. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's, I mean, mm -hmm. we need to do that because mm -hmm. we, we're the church. We need, mm -hmm. to, we need to model for our people what healthy marriages can be. So, man, pray, pray, and then we'll, and we'll wrap up. Okay, yeah. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for our community, God. And we're just asking, Lord, that in this time that our marriages be revitalized, God, um, to help us to grow and to come together alongside one another, Lord, um, in community, to pick each other up um, in places that need repair. Lord, we're asking for repair in our marriages. Um, and we need to be able to see what those things are, Lord. So bring it to our eyes, bring it to our attention, that we may seek help um, for the community members around us um, and learn to love each other um, in a much deeper way. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for the way that you choose to use marriages and families to create your story. So, Father, we ask in this house, Lord, that you restore and revive our marriages and our families, God. I pray where forgiveness needs to flow, that you give supernatural grace in the hearts of those who need to forgive and the ones who need to take accountability, God, to pay retribution for the hurts and the wrongs that they've caused in their marriages and their families. So Father, I ask for just supernatural grace for marriages to be repaired and families to be repaired, God. For hearts to be open, to connect again. For belief to arise in our hearts that love is real and it can flow as you've called it to. I ask for seasons of romance to come back in ways that they haven't been seen before in many years and marriages, Lord. I pray that children would feel and flow from that love that comes from their parents, God. They would see examples of how to live with one another in holiness and bear each other's burdens and that children would grow up in the midst of this house full of destiny and full of love because of how they were taught in their homes, Father. So Lord, I pray for grace daily to connect with one another, spirit, soul, and body. I pray that we would give special attention to one another the same way that we give special attention to you. I pray for this season to just take over our lives and our homes in this house. And for you to change the city 
change this nation through families that live here. 